Let's see. Oh, I know what we're gonna do now. We're gonna do a we do a song. It's a uh, acapella style singing song. Now we got to be pretty good at this. I was supposed to be in school at the time, and yeah, right. You know. You know what I mean? So we used to hang out on the corner of Brooklyn and Queens and Long Island. You know, and we would like sing like songs, you know? I will give you an example. Okay? Uh, I'll give you a little piece of something we used to do. You know, some, uh, give me an F. Okay. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. There's some bass and a snare drum played with brushes, but lead vocals, all the backing vocals, the percussive sounds, such as finger snaps, hand clasps. It's just what we call pure Joel. Today on Billy Joel A to Z, we're discussing his now considered classic song of a classic music genre, The Longest Time. The Longest Time was the third track and the fourth song released on his multi-platinum album, An Innocent Man, as it followed the number one hit, Tell Her About It, and then the top ten hits, Uptown Girl and An Innocent Man. The fact that The Longest Time, released on March 24th, 1984, was a huge hit on its own, was the absolute catalyst saying, wow, this Innocent Man album is a legitimate smash. The song peaked at number 14 on the charts on May 12th, 1984, and stayed there for another three weeks until Memorial Day 1984, which means this song was on the charts all the way to the summer of the next year when this album was released in early of August 1983. That's unbelievable. He had trouble beating Van Halen and Jump for some reason right? with this 1950s doo-wop song. I, what's, <laughs> how, how's that possible? But seriously, the fact that you go to number 14 on the charts competing with the Footloose soundtrack and Van Halen with your acapella song tells us everything we have to know of why we dedicate an entire podcast to Sir William Joel. If he had told one of his mates he was planning to get to the top of the pop charts with an acapella song 20 years 
before that, while he was in Attila, they would have kicked him out of the band. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Right. But if he had done it back in like 1958 and said that they would have said, yeah, of course, like that's what that's what hits are. Right. Excellent point. It is a testament to the fact that a good melody will captivate listeners of all ages in any era. There's always room for a good melody. This big hit also appears on the re-release of Kreplach or A Matter of Trust, A Bridge to Russia and the DVD. It also appears on Greatest Hits Volume 2. They got that one right, at least. It is a hit. And technically, the My Life's compilation album uh, has a demo called The Prime of Your Life, which turned into The Longest Time. The Longest Time also has a wonderful music video that accompanies it and was extremely popular on MTV and a real treat for us fans as the Billy Joel Band is prominently featured playing his high school chums. The song has been covered by every acapella group to ever call themselves an acapella group. And during COVID, oh, forget about it. You can spend an entire evening going through virtual performances of this song all over YouTube. Am I right, Alon? Uh, I suppose so, but I ignored that. I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it's all over the place. I mean, that's what all those acapella groups do. In fact, I guess that's because no one has ever written a brand new acapella smash in the past 40 years, as you were just saying, Alon, as we come up to this song's 40th anniversary next year. Whether you like this song or not, this song is a musical feat of brilliance by a singer-songwriter who we already know is a true genius in every sense of the word. That all being said, Alon Altman, where do our boys place this, unlike our last episode, Super fun, playful Billy Joel good time song. Well, like you said, it's a bona fide hit. It's a fun song. It's got a great melody. I think this will be fairly high on the list, but not too high because let's face it, it's Billy Joel. He's got better stuff than this. I'm going to just guess 35. No, you're way off. Christopher Bonanos puts it at 10. <laughs> okay. This All right. This is his top 10. Glenn Gamboa wow. puts it at 13. Okay. I undersold it. Christopher Bonanos says the most retro song on a retro album. And another affectionate tribute to the doo-wop he heard as a kid. Not profound, but a superior piece of pop craftsmanship. Not the most ambitious song, simple structure, simple lyrics, and there's nothing bad about that. The fans rank it at 24. Okay, getting a little closer to where I thought it would be. Yeah. Would you put it in your top 10 or top 15 even? I, me personally, would not put it in uh, top 15 or top 10. I don't like this song. I mean... I, I respect this song and I've enjoyed listening to it again, but it, you know, this is just not my favorite song. I didn't like it when it was on the radio all the time, but the more listening to it today, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I, I, I don't want to hear it. It's not something when I put on Billy Joel, I want to hear. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Like for me, like acapella music isn't something that I turn to, but I think something that you pointed out earlier, which is totally true about this song is that, most acapella groups are just doing covers. They're taking a regular song and turning it into all vocals. When you write an, an original acapella song, and this song is made to be acapella, that's actually much more impressive. And actually, I can re respect that a lot more. And I like it a lot. And I love the little vocal parts and how they all harmonize together. And the melody, like you mentioned, is great. And whenever Billy Joel talks about it, he talks about the classical roots of the song and hearing him play this song on piano or on organ in a very Mozarty kind of way is actually awesome. And I think I would love to hear just a full on Billy Joel classical version of this song too.
Yeah, no, I agree with that. It really is something else. And it's funny that, you know, I think if he were to do it again, because, you know, back then nobody was nobody was doing this. I mean, they talk about boys to men almost using this song to form their group because they were like, no one has made a song like this in the past 50 years. If we do something current, this will be unbelievable. You know, they formed around that time, I remember, because it was actually Bon Jovi that gave them their first try. They were, you know, I guess he saw them in Philly kind of right out of Rocky mm-hmm. you know, on the street somewhere. And he goes, oh, well, why don't you guys open for us next week and do with that whatever you must. And then they, you know, hit it big. Well, what happened was they first had a they had five members and Bon Jovi said, look, there's only going to be room on the contract for four of you. And they had to actually kick out the fifth member who was Frank Stallone. <laughs> I was hoping you were going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Sense. We always hope I'm going somewhere with these stupid things. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. But yeah, it. so they were so thrilled that somebody had made a song that you could do this with. But I, what I'd say is nowadays, I think if he was to redo it, he, he wouldn't have any drumming. He wouldn't have any bass. He would have had somebody do it like the way, what is it, penta, pentatonics? Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. They're a magician <laughs> duo. No, but, you know, all the acapella bands now have somebody doing. So it's a full acapella because actually this song is not acapella. It's called Next to Acapella because it's not a true acapella song. There are some light musical instruments in it. Yeah, so the purists, I'm sure, would say you can't put this on our list of best acapella songs because technically it is not acapella. I guess he originally tried to do it as full acapella. He had some backing vocal group come into the studio and then it just didn't work. And Phil Ramone said, you have to do these all these vocals yourself. Which is so amazing because I didn't know. I mean, I don't know whether I knew up until today that he did all the backing vocals. I had no idea. That required him to cover so much range. I guess he can't ever perform this again. I mean, some of those notes he was hitting is, you know, 1983, Joel, which he can't hit anymore. It's it's quite unbelievable. Yeah, that high note that. Yeah, it's like really good. And he, he said so he said he didn't want them, all the voices to sound like him. So he gave all the voices little characters. I, I know you heard that. He's yeah. Yeah, he said uh, he imagined himself as a skinny Italian kid from Newark was one of them. Then he did another voice where he thought of himself as a big black football player with a real deep face voice. And then I thought of this is what he's quoting. I thought of myself as Pat, a Pat Boone kind of singer. And you mix all those voices together so it doesn't all sound like one guy, which it didn't. It's amazing, actually. And it's so funny that he said that because I was just watching this Netflix documentary last night about Manti Teo, the Notre Dame player who got catfished. Do you know that story? He was no. a big football player in like 20 in 2012. Wait, wait, was he gay? No, no. The, the story was oh. so he, he basically had this girlfriend he never met in person. It was a fake Facebook profile some guy made up and pretended to be this woman. And for two years, it was this guy's girlfriend. And they would talk on the phone and this woman's voice. There's voicemails. She sounds like a girl. And so anyway, when this whole story blew up that this guy, this football player, huge football star in college, didn't know that he was actually talking to a man. And everyone was like, is he gay? Was he in on this? He, he wasn't in on it. He just was totally blindsided. But they, they had the person who was fooling him go on Dr. Phil. And Dr. Phil said, we had these FBI experts check your voice. And there's only a one in a million chance that you could have been the one making that female voice. And then the guy said, like, 
well, I'll do it for you now, but I need to get into character to do it. I need to, I need to, it has to be in like a dark room with no one looking at me. So they put him behind a privacy shield, basically like when you go to CVS and they're going to give you like a, a vaccine, they have that little like curtain behind. So they put him behind some curtain and then all of a sudden he's doing the voice. So that reminded me of what Billy Joel said, where like he, this guy had to get into character in order to be this woman to do this really high pitched voice. I wonder why he had to um, go behind that curtain. You know, I mean, why, why couldn't he just because then we're still not believing it's him if you're watching it on TV. I mean, yeah, right. Because then you're still like maybe he's playing a recording like he has a little voice recorder in his pocket that he's holding yeah, up to the microphone. Exactly. That's weird. But yeah, it's pretty cool. And I really didn't know they were all him. I'm even more amazed when you see the video, which is so great. Really great. Right. Just yeah. uh, aging Billy, let alone all the band members. I didn't even know it was the band uh, back in the day. I didn't understand. And that's so cool. And apparently they were saying all this time, this is in 83, like, when are you going to put us in a video? When are you going to put us in a video? Remember, he never used the band except when, you know, they were just like the, the Glass Houses band stuff, you know? So they were never in any of the videos. So he was like, I got one. And then to age them all, they must have had such a good time wearing the makeup and yeah. you know, laughing at each other. And, how, and Billy looked amazing, too. I mean, he really looked good. I think he had pretty high hopes for how much hair he would have at the age of 43. <laughs> well, all right. well, I believe me, I would have done the exact same thing. And I would have been, yeah, that's about right. Uh, It'll just yeah, be a no. little bit grayer, but otherwise, that's it. But actually, in reality, it ended up being that he, his hair stayed pretty dark at that stage. We're talking about 1992, but I think he had a bit less of it on top. Yeah, yeah. Well, Liberty too, I guess. Liberty uh, is the only one who I think they did not age. They were just like Liberty. You could be the forty-three-year-old version right now, and then when we go to the young version, we'll have to de-age you, Liberty, because <laughs> Liberty's always looked that old. But that, yeah, and that's but that's great though that they meet themselves, their fifties selves, and their you know current self or their you know their aged selves in the in the locker room or whatever in the halls of the school. That it's such a great video. It really works. And I thought the band was singing it. I, I again, I had no idea it was Billy Joel. It made so much sense that the band was doing the backups. But of course, that makes no sense because they don't sing like he does. Yeah. But then you watch the live versions and like they do those vocals and they're great at it, actually. So um, they could have they had the, the ability to do it. Mark Rivera. They have, well, you know, have great voices. It looks like only Mark Rivera does the vocals when it's live. They have two other guys that aren't part of the band, I think. Although what you're talking about, that that live at Wembley Stadium in 1984, that is some great interaction with the band that you don't mostly see with him going around. It would, it's the bridge to Russia. They're also the. Oh, that's it. No, that's the other one. There was two of them. The live at Wembley is really good interaction, but the bridge to rush, I think the band comes up and they're singing it as well. I think you're right that most of the band, I think now he uses some other guys, but remember in that one, he's crowd surfing during this song, which makes no (laughs) sense. This is such not a surfing song. Yeah. It's like back in the eighties, we only mosh pitted to acapella. I don't know what they did in the nineties. They totally ruined the, the feel of it. Uh, there's also, yeah, like, uh, 86, there's a video from Philadelphia where this is a very fun interactive song for him and the band. I feel like, like he's joking around with them. Yeah. Which makes no sense. It shouldn't be, but it is. 
Yeah, it's very a collaborative. It's like you're thinking of like a barbershop quartet or one of these groups on, on the sidewalk in Philadelphia. And this is what they would be. It's You have to be together more than if you're just different people playing different instruments. Yeah. And you know, here's the worst part about this song is that in 1983 or four, acapella became cool. And all those kids that were doing up acapella, be, you know, were cool. And that's not cool because those kids are idiots. Yeah, I don't know what it was like at Ithaca College for you, but at Cornell, acapella, so when I was there 20 years after you, it was a huge thing. And there were a million acapella groups, all with their stupid names that had puns in them, you know? Right. Oh, God, it was just like, they all think they're the coolest. And there were there was a hierarchy, like, oh, those guys are the great ones. These guys suck. These are the nerds. But they were all nerds because they were doing acapella. And it's all Billy Joel's fault because he yeah. gave them a current song because all of a sudden then they're doing this kind of music and they're like, oh, but that's the song he just wrote, like, you know, in the 80s. Yeah, they and, didn't have to just do Blue Moon. Or or you weren't doing, um, a, what's that classic one? Like, uh, good night, Irene. Yeah. <laughs> my Adeline. My, my Coney Island baby. Is that the Simpsons one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything that B-Sharps did, uh, these guys did not have to do. Exactly. So it, it he actually did make all those bands, like you just said, in your college 20 years later. Cool, because you're doing a Billy Joel song and that made everything different. Meanwhile, it's funny. Ever see the uh, Family Guy version? No. Where they uh, in Family Guy, our friend Alex Sulkin always uses a little Billy Joel. So the gag was the the flashback was they discussed the invention of singing. And uh, they just show cavemen sitting around grunting until they spontaneously break into this song. Longest for the longest time. For the longest, if you said goodbye to me tonight. That's so funny. I did see that. That's funny. Yeah, it's really good. I, You know, there is some. Ah, Again, I, I don't want to hear it. And yet when I'm listening to it, I get into it and I start singing it myself. There is something fun about it. Because you always yeah. find like one part of the backing vocals that you like to do. Like I like to do the weird. You know, and then I like, like the regular lyrics. If you say goodbye to me tonight. And then you like the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep doing that. Oh, it's um, it is really good. Meanwhile, in the video, once again, let's talk about the janitor. OK, good. Yeah, I, I want to make sure we got back. to. OK, this. first of all, the ending. What does he do, Alon? He does this weird double take move he- with his head. Does the fucking double take. I don't know what it is with these guys. I can make a montage. If we ever do a live viewing again, I will make a montage of every double take from a Billy Joel video. I don't know what that is all about. This is at least the third, maybe the fourth, maybe the fifth that we've done so far where this has happened. So it was all it was all conscious. It was like, make sure we have a guy do that head move for some reason. Yep. But why? I don't know why. I don't know. I guess they thought it was hilarious. (laughs) it's it's so inexplicable a lot of videos back then had through lines and why they made the double take billy joel's through line through all of his videos i don't know and you think you make it you're you're like get to the end of the video you're like good he didn't do it this video and then there it is the literal last shot of the video for no reason 
so the director is uh who, who's that guy he just did the last one we talked about um i can't think of his name again joe doug Dugan joe, or joe dirt no just, jay jay dubin jay dubin right uh because he did tell her about it too right so he was part of the innocent man tour i guess or whatever and uh he's upset about using the black janitor or something like he doesn't like to talk about it but i'm like that's ridiculous because janitors were black back then they were all black back then uh, you mean he thinks that it was bad now looking back that they made that guy black people have been making people have been talking to him like why'd you do that or whatever he's like what are you talking about you know like uh, it's supposed to take place in the in the 50s you know i yeah and also it's like look we have there's literally five characters in the whole video we have the band members who are just these white guys who they are and then there's a fifth guy so either we have no black guys in the video or we give a guy a, a role and he happens to be a janitor yeah and well the other thing was this particular guy who they got was a guy who got them a lot of actors for tell her tell her about it and then he would always come in like do you got any work for me and they're like well actually we do yeah. And they put him in. And uh, so that was the thing. But they were also upset about or the director is upset about the way they were touching him at the end, which is extremely awkward today. But in the 50s, like if, if you watch any of those movies in Greece, they were always like, you know, touching the people like, uh, you know, that's yeah. what they the way I see it is they were kind of doing mostly kind of like a hey, like, let me fix your collar. Let me fix your lapel sort of thing. Just being like, hey, we're buddies. Yeah. Some of them aren't as good actors as others. So maybe like yeah. Liberty did it a little bit differently and kind of jiggled him or something, you know, but overall, I don't think there was anything weird. No undertones there. Like, oh, look, they're rubbing on this guy. No, of course not. But that's the way we look at things these days nowadays, you know, and stuff like that, because they were all touching him and it was weird. We each one, five of them come out of the bathroom. They're picking on this poor janitor you know, <laughs> like it is. There is something to it that's bad, but. It could also be, look, there's that right near the end, the janitor kind of starts singing along. He's listening in through the door and then he sings a little bit himself. And maybe they were like, hey, all right, you're singing with us. And they were happy. So they were patting him. Or like I said, it's right out of Greece where they're like, you know, quote, tough guys. And they're just picking on the janitor, which, you know, because they know this is their future job. Yeah, exactly. These are the, but, the dropouts singing at the urinal for some reason. Well, that's another thing that was great, too, that they also sang in the bathroom because that just made sense to me. I don't know why. That's where a lot of those doo-wop groups seem to always do in the bathrooms. Your high school friends that had a barbershop quartet. Yeah, maybe there's like good acoustics in there. Um, what I liked is, so this was sold at the Pratt Institute, and I like that their urinals were those ones that go all the way to the floor, oh, which are yes. pretty rare and ridiculous, but it's nice to see them in video. Oh, and also, that's the thing. Um, a lot of people think it's an old, the janitor's an old doo-wop guy, but he's not. He's just he's some just guy. Actor. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it'd been cool if it was like, oh, that's Fats Malone. Did yeah. you see at the beginning of the video they show those posters that have all the superlatives of each band member? And so I'll tell you who they all are. So oh, Liberty please do, yeah. I didn't even know it was the band. Yeah, those are the band. So Liberty DeVito is most handsome. <laughs> Mark Rivera is most popular. Doug Stegmeyer is best athlete, and David Brown is. Oh, I'm sorry, there's two more. David Brown is most likely to succeed. And Russell Javers is best dressed. Oh, that's weird. I thought for sure they would have made fun and been like, like what happened to me, you know, um, talks most says least. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I won that hands down. Good job. Thanks. Maybe they were making fun, though, because maybe it's like Liberty was not the most handsome. So maybe the ones that they gave them, although they were like legitimate superlatives, they kind Seems of. Seems to me like Mark Rivera would definitely be the most popular. So that's why I wasn't sure. 
but I feel like Mark Rivera might get most handsome and maybe uh, Liberty should have got best dressed because he's the worst dressed as far as <laughs> okay. we know. So uh, just a couple of the things. First of all, this song is he said it was based on Too So In Love. I yeah, or know. So Much In Love. I can't tell what the actual name of that song. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe it's called So Much In Love, but I know it's too. I know it's Too So In Love is some of the lyrics because it's in Fast Times of Ridgemont High. Good. That's that was one of my trivia questions, but I wrote a second one because I thought you might bring that up. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to remember where do I know that song from? And it's because Rat and um, Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, that's that's at the end when they finally get back yeah. together again after all the abortion and stuff. Yeah. 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 Nice. And then it's funny when I when and again, I didn't know it was based on that song and it is based on that song. I can completely see the correlation between that song and this song. I, I am combining them in my minds right now. As we stroll along together, holding hands, walking all along. So in love are we do that we don't know what to do. So in love, so in love, so in love. So much so that Billy Joel, when he talked about how he was inspired by this song, had to like literally say, like, I did not copy it. I was just inspired. I did not copy. I just take inspiration. He was like very adamant about that. But well, I, I didn't see it copied. I mean, I, I, I can see the similarities, but we all know he made a brand new song. I love making fun that he ripped off, you know, the mod theme or something like that. But this is clearly not ripped off. It is a tribute, a glowing tribute and a brand new song. And like we said in the opening. I mean, this guy made a brand new acapella doo-wop song, and that is just unbelievable. Yeah, it is. And the lyrics are good, too. It's not just that he has good vocals or whatever, but they're really good. I, I wanted to point out one line, actually, that I just noticed today for the first time ever, which is when he said, there would still be music left to write. Like, that's a double meaning, right? Left to right and left to right. Oh, how about that? I don't know if he thought of that, but he probably did because he's Billy Joel. Uh, what's the line with the miracle? That's my favorite line. I'm the voice you're hearing in the hall. And the greatest miracle of all is how I need you and how you needed me to. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. Great songwriting. I like how every every syllable kind of gets its own. It's kind of got a staccato thing to it, which makes it fun to sing. Yeah. It's a very, very good song. Again, you know. Not my favorite or anything, but I really like it. I love the video, and he is just really the man. Uh, in fact, I don't think we ever we talked about the prime of your life, did we? I don't think we ever talked about the the demo of this song. No, and actually, I didn't know that that was the demo for this song. Is it's on the My Lives? Yeah. Can we hear it now? Yeah. One, two, and the one and the two in the buckabash shoes.
toys of childhood put aside Think you'd need them But that's the price of freedom That's the cost of living in the prime of your life It's good, right? Yeah. I mean, he's the man. It's uh, it is it is really really great. Reflection will answer all your questions if you don't believe you're in the prime of your life. It's um, it's cool to see. This is what we needed more of in my lives was these like early versions to see the process. Yeah, well, Billy Joel says like he starts with the music almost always and then gets the lyrics later, which you could tell there. He kind of has the music mostly down. It needs refinement, but the lyrics are just not there whatsoever, which is cool. So there was. So after this song, that guy, Bobby McFerrin, came in with his acapella song. Don't worry, be happy. Mm hmm. And that son of a bitch went to number one with this song. <laughs> yeah, but thanks it took a few years Joel. later. It took a few years. Yeah, thanks to Billy Joel. Yeah, but the thing is, Billy Joel people still love, and Bobby McFerrin is like a punchline. Yep, he absolutely is. But it's Do you know that Simpsons where they make fun of him? Uh, no. That was Bobby McFerrin's new single, I'm Worried, Need Money. <laughs> well, that was such a popular song, too. It's just funny. I, I, I wonder if that would have been a big hit had it not been for the longest time, where then the radio stations knew wait a minute, there is a, a, an audience for this somehow, some way. Yeah. And and I think Don't Worry, Be Happy is it. That might be a true acapella. I don't I don't know whether there's any instruments in that. Yeah. And I bet that's also where he's doing all the voices. I get the feeling he's that kind of guy. Uh, we, we wouldn't know. Never we'll have to do him. Bobby McFerrin A to Z. <laughs> it's probably just Bobby McFerrin D because that's the only song. <laughs> I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be just a weekend of work. Alon, did he did he play this while when we went to see him at the garden? You know what? He didn't. We missed it, but he's played it a few times this year. Most recently he played it in early August. So uh it's it's in the rotation. We just didn't get to, to hear it. Oh, wow, it is in the I because how, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it were I'm just trying to think like how because he obviously can't hit those notes. He makes fun of an innocent man. I mean, he really shouldn't do anything off this album anymore, apparently. I guess he just has the he doesn't really need to do he can do the the low parts if you say goodbye to me right he can do those parts yeah so it's actually really good for him because he can just stay in whatever register is perfect for his voice now and then yeah. the rest of the band fills in everything else and so it sounds good now overall he plays this a lot he's played this 185 times wow which is the 32nd most played song but he's taken some breaks he did not play on the stormfront tour 
He did not play it on the River of Dreams tour, and he did not play it from 1999 until 2014. Wow. Wow. He pretty much went about 20 years without playing it, which he does a lot with those songs. That's what you do when you have such a, an extensive catalog of songs. Yeah, but next time we see him, uh, there's a decent chance he'll play it because it's been in there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I suppose if he has, you know, guests or something, maybe, you know, certain people or. Yeah, Boys to Men comes on stage. Right. Then then he does it, something like that, or somebody that has those kind of voice or. Yeah, I think I think I'd enjoy seeing this live. Maybe. I don't know. It's not really an arena song, is it? No, but it was good. I watched a video of him doing it earlier this year. And what was nice about it was that the crowd is singing along to a lot of it. Oh, that's kind of great. So that does make it good for an arena because it's very communal. Well, it is a special song. That's for sure. Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? Well, yeah. What we've been talking about... Uh, Bobby McFerrin, as we said, taking a page from Billy Joel's playbook, had the most successful acapella song three years later. He also bested Billy in having this song one year later in an extremely popular movie that made $100 million more million than Billy's Ruthless People movie by the same production company. What is that movie? <laughs> I have no idea. It's a movie that had a Bobby McFerrin song in it. Yeah, and it's um, it w- had "Don't Worry, Be Happy," and it's a Dave Juskow classic, so that's why I know it really, really well. Is it Arthur? No, that you're four years off. No, I'm okay. sorry, you're you're seven years. I'm off. just thinking of what are the Dave Juskow classics. I oh, I can't. I need a hint. Seven. Yeah, that doesn't help you. Okay, is it? Um, Coming to America. No, it stars Tom Cruise. 87 Tom Cruise. Was Top Gun 87? Top Gun well, I guess 86. the answer is... Okay, so after Top Gun, Tom Cruise, Cocktail. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was just about to say he did this movie and Rain Man in the same goddamn year. And Cocktail made a fortune because Tom Cruise was in it. And, and because they used a, Don't Worry, Be Happy. It is a Dave Jusko guilty pleasure. See a grown man cry like a baby? Hey, bartender, you know how to make a red eye? (laughs) What, no tearful greeting? Coughlin's law. Never show surprise, never lose your cool. Ah, my sons, my rebellious sons. Tell your old buddy how great he looks. You look like a guy who dyes his hair and shaves with a Brillo pad. Mm. <laughs> a guy who gets an erection on his birthday if the wind is right. Isn't this great? Two years we haven't seen each other and we just flow into the old act. Please, stop molesting the customers. A daiquiri, if you will, bartender. I taught this young man everything he knows. I doubt that. Don't you waste your loyalty on him. He'll dump you after Valentine's Day. 
Have you ever tried the moves with the bottles? Sure, I have. Successfully? No. Yeah. Okay. In fact, uh, they asked me to leave and never to try them again. <laughs> they have Everybody your picture on the wall of every bar. Do not serve this man. Do not hand e- him a bottle. Everyone was trying those moves. Uh, I had a friend, Ellen, who used to bartend and was totally doing those moves. Everybody was doing those moves. Like in 88, 89, everybody <laughs> gave, gave it a try. It, it, it is unbelievable. I, I don't know why people don't like that movie more. It is very entertaining. Well, I saw it once. Stupid. I liked it. Yeah. So it seems like happy hour all day around here. Yes, happy hour. A great American invention for spending quality time with spouse soused. <laughs> Bartender with the mind for everything. The bartender. Alon, do you have a the longest time? It's called the longest time, not for the longest time, right? Yeah, it is. Otherwise, we would have done in the F. Although I think once in a while, Billy will call it for the longest time. It's confusing sometimes. Anyway, do you have a trivia question for me? Yeah, I do. So this, since the music video takes place in an educational institution, my question is, what institution gave Billy Joel a degree in 1992? Harvard. You're thinking too high. Oh, of course. It's got to be somewhere in Long Island. Wait, Stony Brook. No. CW Post. Think, okay, 1992 matches up with, just like in the music video, a 25-year reunion. Oh, the Pratt Institute? <laughs> no. it's, it, it's the same year as Billy Joel's 25 oh, year God, high school are you talking reunion. About Hicksville High. It's Hicksville High. Oh, Jesus Christ. I Billy thought... Joel finally earned his high school diploma in his 25 year reunion year. And he, I think, went to the actual graduation ceremony and spoke at it. Well, that's taken away from some of the kids that were actually graduating on time. I'm sure they're all really annoyed. The valedictorian was like, I worked my ass off for four years and they're letting this <laughs> punk this, exactly. this drop well, out. That actually does happen with the valedictorians they do get very angry and competitive you know they usually have emotional problems uh i'll tell you what billy joel said at the ceremony he said well here i am mom i'm actually going to get my high school diploma and it's only 25 years after everyone else got theirs but mom don't worry i can finally pull myself out of this dead-end job and start working a career with a real future and he said mom here i am feeling like a fucking fool (laughs) that would have been so good (laughs) he's cursing at the high school graduation well, I, no, I'm not. I'm just singing some of my lyrics to Laura, which is about my mom. I'll say, listen, when the lights turn yellow during my commencement speech, cover <laughs> your ears, everyone. <laughs> Will and Lon, I think this is uh, a case of an outstanding parody that you don't need any accompaniment for. This has to be your best one. I this need a con- no. I want this you to- is it. <laughs> I want you to help me because you could do some of the backing vocals and stuff. I'll try. Or even like you could do the chorus. Okay. If, you, if you're up to it. All right. So, so the parody of The Longest Time is called Maury Povich Time. Oh, God. So the chorus is going to be, oh, 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 it's Maury Povich Time. Okay. Do you want, you want to try to open it? All right, all right. Oh, you mean I start it? You could do the whole chorus and I'll just do the verses. Oh, it's Maury Povich time. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, 
Maury Povich. I was called by a one night stand I had. She said I was her new baby's dad. He looked just like me, but I don't want a family. I told her that it's Maury Povich time. Whoa, Maury Povich time. Whoa, whoa, Maury Povich. I took the paternity test. I gave them my blood and hoped for the best. Boom, boom, boom. Soon I was on Maury's show. Boom, 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 he had the envelope boom, and he boom, read me the results. Maury said that I was not the dad. I started dancing, never felt so glad. Uh, I'm not the father, but I still was would like to help her here's a coupon for a pack of diapers hey now that's good do it one more time <laughs> whoa it's maury povich time time whoa it's maury povich time that's pretty good that was fun well, I think that made sense. Uh, Maury Povich's time is around the time that uh, this was released, so uh, it all works out. And you were on his show. No, no I was Jerry on Wart- Springer. <laughs> Wart- I was on Jerry Springer, right? And I Wart- got them Downey. confused. During that time, there was lots of shows like this that uh, a gentleman like myself could appear on if they had no values or no moral customs whatsoever. Such as Morton Downey Jr. Exactly. I like that. See, acapella is fun. I think we enjoyed that together. Yeah. It was super fun. Hopefully it'll sound okay when we put this out to the public. Yes. The Billy Joel A to Z community. Time. Time. Who's <laughs> <laughs> so in love? Who's so in love? Well, folks, that was the longest time. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Did you go to your 25-year high school reunion? Are you a fan of acapella? Would you consider this acapella? Or are you a purist who considers this next to acapella? Have you been on a college campus where acapella was actually considered cool? Apparently you were. <laughs> sure was. It was hell. Would you like to hear the classical version of this song? And what is the deal with these Billy Joel videos with double takes? <laughs> Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Oh, I don't.